You're listening to She Bake, a podcast for and about women in Australian beekeeping. Find us on Instagram, she underscore beak, that's S-H-E underscore B-E-E-K, and on Facebook, She Beak. Okay, g'day everyone. This week I'm speaking with Kate Bamford from Australian Women in Beekeeping. Um, Kate has boundless energy and enthusiasm and I'm just absolutely in awe of her amazing energy. And um, thank you so much for speaking with me, Kate. Oh, hello. Welcome, Kate B. Thank you for agreeing to speak to me today. And um, it's lovely to, to see you and hear your voice and to see your face. And, um, yeah, just to get us kicking off, I'd love you to just tell me a bit about, you know, where, where have you come from and what's your backstory, Kate? How did you get started in bees? Well, Kathy, thank you for having me um today to come and speak with you it's um it's a privilege and I'd just like to firstly before I start just thank you and Joe for the outstanding job that you are doing with Shebeaks it's absolutely fabulous oh, and there's not out. many not flattering <laughs> up <laughs> there's not many podcasts I don't I don't miss I love it and that's the beauty of podcasts isn't it you know we can listen to it whenever it works for us so uh yeah. thank you for having me Oh, you're a champion. Thanks for that plug. So, yeah, now back to my question. So what's your story, Kate? How long have you been doing bees and how did you start? Well, when we were talking recently about this interview and we had discussed some of the questions you're going to ask me, I actually sat down and went, well, how long have I been beekeeping? And it took me a little while to work it out, but I'm coming into my 10th year. And I I do not come from a lineage of beekeepers. I'm sure they are there because my um, mum's family uh, come from agriculture and farming. So I'm sure that there will be beekeepers in there somewhere, but it's, it's not a big deal for me. But what got me into beekeeping was when I lived up in Warburton in the Yarra Valley in Victoria, Uh, I lived up there for 10 years and I used to spend a lot of time outside and I can remember sitting outside one day on the bottom step having a cup of tea and a ciggy and this bee came and landed on a flower just in front of, on a bush in front of me and I literally looked at this bee and went, wow, I haven't seen many bees around for a while and then I you know, reminisced and thought about my childhood and I can remember growing up and part of growing up was you would hear that buzz um, when you're outside playing and I really noticed the absence of it uh, when I thought about it. Anyway, it just literally went from there and I thought, oh, I think I'd like to keep some bees. Um, of course, not um, having a clue uh, what I was doing and, um, and it started from there. So I went and did a two-day um, introduction to beekeeping course, uh, which I realised in hindsight was um, completely inadequate. I uh, got my first uh, hive and that lasted four weeks and promptly died of starvation due to um, horrific uh, change of weather conditions up in Warburton. Mm. And the, the person who uh, supplied me with that hive incredibly graciously provided me with another one and I went on very dutifully to decide that that hive was not going to die and so in my infinite non-wisdom I went down to my organic fruit and veg shop and I bought a big jar of organic honey and I came home and I put it into the plastic um, you know little ziplock bags and laid them on the top of the frames and I fed those bees for a whole four weeks Anyway, not having a clue about biosecurity. And what do you mean, AFB and honey? Um, and <laughs> oh, people that was are... the start. That was the start. That's how it started. Oh, it gosh. Just... <laughs> wow. I think you, you put it really well when you said, in my infinite non-wisdom. 
And because when I oh, when I found out about AFB, I nearly died. And I went, oh my God, I had no idea. I was not meant to do that. Mm. And and it was totally innocent and totally because the welfare of the bees, the bees' health and welfare was my number one priority. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it just goes to show how how quickly things can go south when you start out with, you know, just a little bit of information, a bit of a little bit of knowledge is dangerous. Oh, you know? un- unbelievable. Mm. And, and how gracious of that beekeeper to um, supply you with oh, a replacement hive. Oh, I'm sure there's so many yeah. people out there listening to this going, yeah. oh, man, you know, yeah. I wish that had happened to me or, you know, yeah. like, yeah, we've yeah. all been there. We've all been there. Yeah, it was it was a very bumpy start. And then in my second um, infinite non-wisdom event, uh, once the hive started to um, take off, one day I thought I would, uh, was of course, you know, a hot day and I just had on a sleeveless top and, and shorts and and I thought I'll just take the lid off and um, check the girls and see how they're going. Anyway, five stings later. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I'm a big fan of um, PPE when it comes to beekeeping. I just go... I just I'm not taking the risk and 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 I think it was because of those stupid things I did at the beginning that um just oh. purely out of naivety that well, you know um, <laughs> look you, honestly in retrospect you can look back and say you know hindsight is perfect vision but you should have known better Kate because I know you've got a background in nursing and medicine and you know you'd never just go in and have a quick check on someone's colon oh, without putting PPE oh. on first would you Well, actually, actually, my background um, does involve uh, a medical environment, but it's actually uh, I'm more administrative. Mm. So that's where, um, but still, Kathy, you know, (laughs) it, you know, look, it's just, yes, I just should know better. So now that you've uh, earned your stripes as a beekeeper um, <laughs> and you've you've survived and your bees have survived those early days despite you, um, what, are, what are you up to now? I mean, you, I, I've seen you doing quite a lot of things, Kate. So you're quite active now in, in terms of, you know, um, uh, community, the beekeeping community, you know. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about the things that you've you've done since then like maybe maybe tell us a bit about um yeah just where things have headed for you since then okay so yes I got the you know I got my hive and then I found myself on Facebook because my youngest daughter um at the tender age of 14 had decided that uh, she was going to be on Facebook so I said to her well you can't be on Facebook unless I am and that I'm your friend. So that's what got me onto Facebook. And then um, I started to discover, you know, B groups and things like that. So I was a total novice um, and I just trained myself on Facebook and stumbled into various B groups um, and then found my way into Women in Beekeeping, the big international group. Hmm. And I was so thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled to find this group. But, geez, it's huge. And the feed just races through. Anyway, so um, I would be frantically trying to keep up with this feed and um, and then someone would put their hand up from Australia and I'd be waving back going, hi, from Australia, and then they were gone again. Anyway, uh, where I was living, I had moved then um, into uh, out of the Yarra Valley and I was living down in, in Ringwood uh, in the suburbs and I didn't have my bees with me. I was unable to take them because I was living in a unit and there just wasn't the space for me to have them. So they were being hosted on um, an acquaintance's farm um, in the Yarra Valley. So I really miss them. So I think that's probably what drove me to the Facebook groups was just for solace. Anyway, so women in beekeeping and 
then I realised this group's heavily involved with the uh, Northern Hemisphere and what's going on in Southern Hemisphere. So I contacted the admin and said, look, do you mind if I set up a group in Australia? Um, as What did I call it? A sister group. A sister group in Australia um, just so Australian women beekeepers can connect. And it was just literally innocently she said, yeah, sure, no worries. And so then I had to learn how to set up a Facebook group and it just started from there. And I don't even know how I got members in in those days. Like I had no idea. Like, But it just slowly started and then I think it was about six months after the group had been running that I met Kelly Allen. She uh, joined Australian Women in Beekeeping and she asked me if I would like a hand with the group and four years later, Kelly and I still admin AWIB Facebook group together and we have two moderators, Georgia Hetherington and Kerry ann and they are just a fantastic support um, to Kelly and I. And then so we had the group going and it was just a it was just a group of women chatting about beekeeping. There was no real purpose or goal to the group. It was more just a friendship and um, just support. And then I went to the third Congress. You know the third Beekeepers Congress? You were there, Kathy. Up here on the Gold Coast in my backyard. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was, um, yeah. That was fun. Because, it? Well, it, it was amazing. It was really interesting. And, and like it was a really long time between drinks. So had the second Congress had been like, I can't remember, was it like 20 years? 30. No, it was 30. Isn't that It was stupid? about 30 years since the Second Congress. It was a long time. But that was fun because we were able to uh, sort of go, oh, here's a, an impromptu opportunity to meet up with a group of other women and it sort of, it kind of became a thing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just, when that Congress came along, I just went, I have to go. Like I just have to go. And, and I had no idea why I was going, but I just needed to go. And I thought, well, there's some great speakers. You know, I'm going to learn a lot. Wow, I'm going to be, you know, 900 beekeepers in one in one room. Like, that's amazing. And, um, and we can all talk about bees as much as we like, you know, because uh, there's not going to be anyone standing there rolling their eyes going, you know, oh, mum, you know, you're talking <laughs> about bees again. Oh. Um, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so I got to the Congress and stood up on this balcony and looked out over the event area and I went, oh, I know why I'm here. I'm actually here for Australian Women in Beekeeping. So I went down and got my lanyard changed to Australian Women in Beekeeping and off I went. And oh. uh, I had the best time, Kathy. Um, it, it was, was a three-day conference. I've still got the sticker on my car window. <laughs> The Australian Women in Beekeeping yeah. um, sticker. We buzzed in. Yeah. We buzzed in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I made that sticker. I knocked that up in about 10 minutes at a friend's place. I had never done desktop publishing like that. And he stood over my shoulder and I think I did 10 minutes. He's, he's a printer. He printed them out for me, cut them up. He said, there you go. I printed 20. I've still got mine on the back of my ute and it's still in great nick. It's mm. not looking like it's going to fade or peel or anything. So I, I'll have to make another one, won't I, I think for it, next year? Yeah, it's it's time for a it's time for a new version of the sticker and you might have to print more than 20 now because I think <laughs> I think the um the women of Australia have found out about um, beekeeping and online support groups and look I have I have to thank you Kate because Shebeek, this podcast actually owes its 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 existence to the AWIB Facebook group, you know, because that's how we yeah. started. That's where we started talking and going, okay, let's make a podcast. Okay, great. Yeah, and so. and it's just it's wonderful, and and these great projects happen, Kathy, through AWIB. Like it's so, just this space that you know it just happens. It, it's just amazing. So anyway, um, just finishing up with Congress, so I realised that I was there for Australian Women in Beekeeping and so my mission was to just talk to any woman that I saw at the conference. And, um, and I can remember um, 
posting to the moderator group and just saying, look, I'm at the conference. If someone wants to join and I've just told them to say they're with Kate and I said, just accept them. And our stats for the group for that time at the conference, when we looked at it, was funny. It was this massive spike in membership numbers. Anyway, um, that was just amazing. And it was, you know, I met you and I met other um, women from AWIB at that Congress. It was just absolutely fantastic to, to just put my eyes onto them, you know, and go, you know, like as much as I love the virtual world, um, and it's incredibly, um, it's an amazing platform. It was just wonderful to actually see someone's face and their voice and go, okay. It was like when I met you, I went, Kathy, mm. you know, you you uh, you become real now. I've seen yeah. your face, and yeah, and and it was wonderful. So that was that was a big that was a big turn of events for AWIB, um that yeah. conference, yeah. Um, and then. Oh, I'm trying to think the timeline. So AWIB's been running for four years. So, and the four conference years. is what, three three years ago? Will it be three years next year? Yeah, it was something? 20, I don't 2018. know. It was 2018. So, okay. So, okay. Um, so, AWIB has really developed into this really fertile ground for, um, you know, ideas to sprout and projects to develop. So, um, but you've also done something else which was really interesting, bee related thing. You did one of the Wean Bee ambassador courses didn't you so you're actually a wean bee ambassador wean bee foundation ambassador and you know i met fiona at congress oh she yeah. had a stand yeah she had a stand that's right and i bought one of the um the bee foundation bee. bee yes one of the brooches from her and she was running she was um uh creating the first um ambassador program and she really encouraged me to um, apply uh, to do the um, to do this uh, was it three day training course, and so thanks to a lot of members in AWIB, they bought brooches, the WB Foundation brooches from me, and that helped fund my um, airfare and accommodation because you know there's a cost to attend the program, mm. and um, and it they contributed to me being able to attend the um, the three-day program, which was in Sydney and absolutely fantastic. Like I can highly recommend the Wayne B Foundation program. Um, Fiona uh, does an amazing job uh, with that and it's, it's just the best. It was three full days and the third day uh, was um, – Oh, she took us all over. It felt like we went all over New South Wales. We probably did, um, and to universities, and we went to the Weenby Foundation uh, Apiary site at Gretchen Ween's um, property, mm. um, and oh, it was just, oh, it was just this incredible experience, and and just exposed us to so much. Like there is so much happening in bee world in Australia. It's absolutely amazing. We had great speakers at night. Um, you know, it was just this really intensive three-day program, which was absolutely fabulous. So was that the, um, first, was that the first offering? Yep. yep. So you were in yep. the first yep. cohort. I wonder yep. if um I wonder if they're planning to run again this year or maybe next year. I'm not sure if they've got an ambassador. Because they did program. the second one. They did the second one. Um you know, like as a face-to-face event again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, and then, of course, you know, good old COVID struck last year. So watch and this space. We'll, we'll find it, out. Watch oh. this space. If there's a ne- another round running, um, yeah, yeah, highly recommended to anyone who sort of wants to get a bit more involved because there's a lot of projects that have come out of that, like I've seen the um, Pollination mm. That you mm. could, maybe you can tell us about pollination and then no, Kathy, you've forgotten about the World Bee Dance last year. Do you remember the, that the Waggle Dance? Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's also the um, powerful pollinators. Oh yes, which yes. I think and Anna's been involved in as well. Yes, and Anna's a wean, uh, uh, an weeber. Yep. Um, quite a lot. Quite a lot of weebers have done or have done the. Um, uh, Wenby Foundation Ambassador course or program, I should call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, which is wonderful. So, you know, AWIB, okay. AWIB 
that's the backstory as to why AWIB was set up, right, was through that connection with the um, Women in Beekeeping group. Okay. So, Kate, AWIB has, um, since its inception, um, AWIB has initiated some really fun projects and really engaging things that have brought the community together. So would you like to tell us a little bit about um, some of those projects that you've that you've run? Sure. So I think the first one we did with um, in AWIB was that we we did a it was to celebrate International Women's Day and we collaborated with Beck McBride from Beck's Beekeeping and she supplied the pink hive tools and I supplied the lettering, the AWIB lettering to go on the hive tools and we we just uh, raised funds um, from the sale of those and the money, uh, the profits were donated to the Weanbee Foundation. Uh, that was one project. That was, I think that was our first one, our foray into um, having a go with just doing some fundraising. So we do fundraising in a web. So we'll do something fun um, and we'll raise funds and then the profits get donated to the Wayne Foundation. That's what we usually do mm. um, to support their research. Uh, what's another project we've done? We did, we had, uh, we've done T-shirts um, AWIB t-shirts they were great Kelly did a great job organizing those then we had the bushfires in the beginning of um, was it the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 wasn't it that's right yeah um, and those we all remember that was pretty um, horrifying and so it was really interesting and AWIB had a lot of um, uh, AWIB was contacting me saying what can we do? Um, we want to help. And it's always very, very difficult when money is involved with things, particularly when you're not a registered charity to deal with um, receiving funds and dispersing. So we tend to steer away from that. So um, what we so I went on a mission to try and find a um, commercial beekeeper okay, that needed some help. That was my mission. And it was incredibly hard. And in fact, it was a spectacular fail. Uh, but in my hunt, I came across a young girl called Estelle who lives in South Australia and her um, family's home was burnt to the ground with the Adelaide fires. And her dad and herself are beekeepers. So we... Uh, raised funds in AWIB and we sent Estelle a stunning package of um, a new nuke box because she had caught her four, first swarm ever and lost it in the fires. Mm. Um, so we replaced, we, yep, she got a new nuke box, she got a new bee suit, hive tool gloves. Um, she, oh, um, we just kitted her out again, mm. plus more. She got a, um, a, a an inspection diary and, again, we worked with Beck from Beck's Beekeeping to provide this and it was just absolutely fantastic. And the women who came forward and people were very, very generous and we were able to send Estelle off this package. She had no idea that it was coming. Mm. Um, I had been liaising with her dad and he knew all about it but she didn't, and so he recorded her uh, unpacking the kit. <laughs> and, yeah, so that was wonderful and it was okay. such a great, she would have been about 12, I think, oh. and and it was just such a, an amazing experience to be able to support her. Mm. And we've never heard from her since and, and it doesn't matter, you know, like we came in, we were able to support her and then we stepped out like, and um, she's gone on. Like, um like fairy godmothers. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Waving our hive tools around. <laughs> oh, there was, so, hive, there was the hive tool project as well. I've got one. I've, I got myself a, a beautiful. Yes, the pink, pink one. one. Yep. <laughs> and then yep, that was. And then because, you know, of course you're going to put down your hive tool and lose it, then you had this brilliant idea <laughs> with the magnet. Well, it actually wasn't my idea. It was 
um, I saw somebody in a, a beekeeping group posted that they had this old magnet in their pocket and that that's where they used to put their hive tool. And I posted it into AWIP thinking, going, gee, that's a really dinky idea. And um, and people responded and I so they thought it was a fantastic idea. So I said, well, do you want me to see if I can source some magnets? And sure, sure, sure. So we did it again. We ran a ran an AWIP campaign in-house and I think we shipped off about, I don't know, was it 90 magnets or something? And um, all around Australia <laughs> and got some hilarious photos of uh, AWIBBERS um, showing, uh, demonstrating the uh, envelopes stuck in their uh, PO boxes because <laughs> they're metal. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, Kathy, I get myself, I just get myself mm. into some situations, I yeah. tell you. Anyway, Australia but it's a lot of fun. Love you. <laughs> Oh, that's mad. Oh, jeez. And mm. so we did that one and then we decided to do a public one. So the profits from the, the AWIB campaign went to Wembley Foundation and then we did a public one as well and we posted, but I was all over it by the time we did that public um, magnet campaign. I had it down pat and um, and I, can't, I, I, I don't remember how many magnets it was, but they all went out with Australia Post again and again the uh, proceeds went to the um, Weanbee Foundation. And then we had another project to do with the bushfires and that was the Bushfire Honey Project for Wildlife and that was January 2020 when we ran that. And again it was people coming to me saying, what can we do? And again it was, you know, just that whole money thing's just too difficult to organise. And plus we've got some um, rural aid and um, and then we went on to have the Hive Aid um, program running for people to be able to donate to that uh, through um, rural aid, isn't it? I'm sure that's what the organisation's called. Anyway, so then it was um, brought to my attention about that honey, you know, could be useful for uh native animals that have been burnt with the bushfires so I went okay let's okay let's let's do something so I put a call out you know just let people know because people were wanting to help and I thought well this is this is a way we can help I tell you what Kathy it was amazing I received honey from all over Australia it was absolutely incredible I had people coming and dropping it off at my front uh, my back door um, I met so many beekeepers, you know, men, women, kids, like it was amazing and they were so generous. And um, so I found there was three organisations that I found to donate the honey to and it was around about 200 jars of honey that we donated for that um, purpose. It was absolutely amazing, absolutely can you, amazing. Can you just elaborate on on how honey is used in um, helping injured animals because, you, as I understand it, they don't actually feed it to the wildlife, do they? No. Well, actually, no, not generally. Um, so we were very specific with this with this honey that it was not for human consumption um, and I think that's what made it so attractive to so many beekeepers, um, being able to donate some of their hives' honey uh, because of that so and it was yeah it was designed for topical application mm. um for the burns yes and there was one I think it was because I got a photo from somebody who had one of our jars and it was they were it was mixed in with some other uh food ingredients for like a little possum or a little native possum type animal or something like that mm. um for that because that creature actually eats, you know, it does eat honey. Mm. Um, but as most of it has gone on to um, topical, for topical application. Mm. Um, it's also gone out to a lot of um, horses got very, very burnt with the fires, particularly their rumps because they would turn their back to the oncoming fire mm. and they're still 12 months later suffering with burns and things like that so it's just we've had a phenomenal reach and it, it was just it was the most amazing I felt privileged and humbled to be meeting 
and speaking to beekeepers, whether it was in person, on the phone, an email, an SMS, it didn't matter. They just contacted me. It was absolutely incredible. So we have some amazing, amazingly generous people out there. So that's um, that's a really good segue into, you know, talking about, um, you know, progress and, and changing and the way that we sort of, um, the way that we change, the way that we communicate, you know, because you're mentioning like you've met people online, international, and then it's progressed to being an Australian-wide sort of network of beekeepers, especially women beekeepers, we don't always get a chance to meet up face-to-face and that's kind of all been put on hiatus, you know, for the last 12 months. So how has AWIB evolved and what have you learned about, you know, new ways of communicating, Kate? So probably the biggest leap that we took was last year with the cancellation of state hobby beekeepers conferences and I live in Victoria in Melbourne and I was all I was all geared to go to my uh, Victorian conference all excited I'd paid for my ticket and everything and it just got cancelled and and I was just devastated because uh, the year before I'd gone along um, and it ended up that there was over 50 AWIBBERS at that um, state conference and we got a group photo and it was just so cool, 50-odd <laughs> 50 50 AWIBBERS with our little AWIB ribbons on that had been made so we could find each other. Um, and I just walked through the room going, oh, there's another ribbon, there's another ribbon. I'm like, oh, my goodness, we're everywhere. Um, it was fantastic. Anyway, so... Yes, we couldn't do that again last year. Uh, so I did some investigating and made some inquiries and no one was doing anything. So I thought, bugger it. Um, you know, I'll just organise a uh, virtual uh, beekeepers conference for Australia, you know. Oh, like, yeah, that won't <laughs> yeah, be hard at all. No, no, I can do that. <laughs> no problem. In my spare time. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's what we did. And uh, Kelly and I pulled a conference together from absolutely an idea in eight weeks. So that it, ran on the... It was fantastic. Uh, it was great. It, it was, it was it, unbelievable. It was amazing. It was great. Mm. It was, a, it was a, a really intense day. There was um, <laughs> some really fantastic speakers. You know, I could barely drag myself away from the screen to go and make a coffee. It was that... Oh. It was great. It was it was a long day, wasn't it? It was a long day. We're not we we've modified it this year, but you know, first time, and there was just we have so many amazing people involved in in beekeeping world in Australia. There's just so many people to you do, you know you want to you want them to present, you know, like because they have so much information to offer us all. Um, anyway, so there was 13 presenters last year. And, yes, it was a long day, Kathy, uh, but a, a lot of fun. And, yes, we had some technical glitches and things like that. But you know what? That's the reality. That's technology. That's life. You know, it's uh, not perfect. Anyway, Look, it, it was I a great. It was, it was very progressive because, you know, everyone had to kind of switch to online everything very rapidly. Um, yes. But I think that it was very progressive that you that you jumped right in there. You didn't miss the cue. You went, okay, this is how we need to do things. Let's let's adapt. You know, don't get left behind. Let's adapt. Yes. Let's make it yes. happen. And, yeah, you know what, sometimes it drops out and it's not 100% perfect, whatever. It was great. It was great. So we had 400 people from around Australia. Um, and the beautiful thing was is that we all travelled around Australia. We, in fact, we all went to America for half an hour as well because we had Tom talking about mead making. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the amazing thing about technology, you know, and when you come into a group setting like that, there's nowhere else that we, you know, if we weren't doing it on a virtual platform, there's no way 400 of us could have circled six times around the earth in, in a day. Because that we did over thirty three thousand kilometers that day, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And and we went to each presenter's home. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's this whole amazing magic about this that you can't get this anywhere else. You, you know, you just can't. Um, and we have this we have this phenomenal technology that's available to us that has been here for a long time, but due to COVID, it it allowed it to flourish and it's allowed it to step forward. And yes, we've had virtual people say, but virtual conferences have been around for a long time or virtual webinars or whatever. Yes, they have, but the majority of them are, uh, you know, corporations in-house, you know. Um, Here's an opportunity for uh, people in beekeeping world in Australia to connect, you know, for for a, a webinar or an online conference or a virtual conference, whatever you want to call it, it's this amazing opportunity You from home. You don't even have to travel anywhere. <laughs> we do all the work for you. Do you know what I mean? You just have to turn up with a cup of coffee. And, I bet, and, I bet and get, you, there was a lot of work in putting that together. I mean, you know, hats off to you and Kelly because that must have been an amazing amount of activity going on under the surface to get that all to run. <laughs> So, Do you know you know how they talk about a swan gliding over the water, mm. you know, and then underneath it's paddling for its life? Yeah, mm. well, that's what was going on. Yeah. Do, you feel, <laughs> do you feel like you're back in that space now because the next one's coming up on the 5th of June and it's not that far away? You know what? It's funny because there's some things we go, we just know how to do that, but I'm re-paddling all over again because what I am sensing is that people have gone, oh, that whole virtual thing, that or that a whole online thing, that was just, that was just, you know, because we had a pandemic going and we couldn't go anywhere. Um, oh, but that's over now. So we'll just go back to the way that we've always done things. And I'm like, no, that's you've missed the point. <laughs> you've missed the opportunity. Um and, you know, people who, who go back to, you know, well, we've always done it that way, I go, well, you actually haven't or we actually haven't. You know, when they say, oh, we've always done it this way, that's not actually true because we would never as humans have made any progress if we had always done it this way. And so I look at it and go, it's actually the individual that's saying, we've always done it this way. And they're actually talking about themselves. Mm. And that lack of capacity to um, open their eyes and to look around and to see this phenomenal technology that we have available to us. And it's available, Kathy, to you and I, you know, everyday people. And, yes, you know, social media and the internet, it gets a lot of flack and and in some capacity, rightly so, but there's a lot of good out there that we can do with this and this is the one example of that is that we can create a virtual conference for beekeepers around Australia to all come together in one, one, one you know, one place mm-hmm. and we can learn, we can spend time together and, you know, we can go away and we can apply what we've learnt because um, I'm a very big um, advocate for um, education, um, providing people with information. Okay, so do you uh, want to do you want to give us a bit of a plug then for what we can expect in the upcoming virtual conference? <laughs> well, yes, I'd love to. And Kathy, <laughs> you'll be pleased to know that this conference is running from 10 a.m. in the morning Australian Eastern Standard Time till half past two in the afternoon. We've chopped it right back. So instead of having 13 speakers this year, we're having eight. Mm-hmm. And we've just gone, you know, because we took the feedback that people gave us last year, which was overwhelming. The the positivity from what we did was extraordinary. And it totally ignited us and inspired us to do it again this year. So uh, we actually have decided that this will become an annual event. Fantastic. Um, yeah, because... There's just so much information that needs to be shared. Anyway, so, yes, it's running on the 5th of June, 10 o'clock in the morning, Australian Eastern Standard Time. We've started at 10, so 
our, our beekeepers in the west, you know, it's not a, a horrific start for them. You know, eight o'clock's not too bad. Mm. Um, and, yes, we are putting in a toilet break for everybody um, as was requested. Mm. Uh, and some of the speakers we've got, who have we got? We've got, um, well, uh, firstly, I'm very excited to say that we have a major sponsor for the conference this year, and that's New Plaz Apris Supplies. And we are absolutely thrilled to be um, working with them. And I had a fantastic conversation with Jeanette, their marketing lady, and she and I, we're just right on the same page, you know, right on the same page. Um, and it's its exciting when I connect with people like that. Mm. Um, makes my job a lot easier. So we're really excited to be working with them. Um, so we have starting the day is Jeremy Donovan, who's a friend of mine, and he is from a um, Indigenous tribe up in um, Queensland, and he will be doing. Um, he's called it Welcome of Many Places, which is beautiful. So that's encompassing the whole of Australia. I love it, and he's the most phenomenal didge player. And then he's going to uh, talk to us about the sweetness of the land. And that's where the theme of the conference came from. And he'll be talking to us. Then we've got an update from Arbig, Australian Honeybee Industry Council, with Trevor. He's going to be giving us an update on Arbig's activities over the last 12 months because um, Peter McDonald presented last year and gave us a really um, great overview into the role of Arbig. And every beekeeper in Australia needs to know about Arbig being our peak body. Um, then we've got, uh, who else have we got? We've got, um, we've got Anna mm -hmm. from the Wean Bee Foundation and she's going to be talking about the Powerful Pollinators project, um, which is a fantastic project. Um, we've got, um, Simon Mildrum from Hive Keepers and he's going to be talking to us about technology in the hive and they've got a really interesting product. Um, made here in Australia and designed in Australia. That's great. Um, we've got um, Simeon and Paul Volkenberg back, Volkenberg Aperies back again from last year. They gave, uh, they spoke to us about uh, a day in the life of a commercial beekeeper and people, hobby beekeepers just loved them. They absolutely loved it. So they're coming back this year and they're going to be giving a, um, a virtual tour of their mobile honey extraction unit oh cool. which yeah i know yeah, we, saw, we saw a bit of it in action last year and they're really yeah. cool. it was so cool to sort of to see them because it's really relatable like they started out as hobbyists yes, and they kind of yes. went oh do you want to make yeah. this a big thing yeah all right let's do it <laughs> you know how do we do that i don't know let's have a crack a bit like you kate yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing, but we'll have a go. Yeah, anyway, a go. so, yeah, we'll learn as we go along. We'll bumble along. But so we've got them. We've got, um, oh, gosh, we've got um, Lindsay Burke from Tasmania talking to us about the um, leather wood and uh, affecting, uh, sorry, the bushfires affecting the leather wood mm. um, down there. Uh, and also just talking to us a bit more about um, beekeeping down there in Tassie. He'll be he'll be fantastic to listen to as well. Um, we've got oh, Kathy, I should have got my list. They're just no. hey, uh, other one. There is one that I would love to tell people about, mm. and this is this is really something different for the virtual conference. We're actually doing a live honey tasting. Okay. Oh, with Jess. Jess yeah, just like Anini. Now she spoke at your um she did a lot she did a honey tasting, a virtual yeah. honey tasting with your club. Yeah, we we organized one last year in December and um it was great. And like since since we did that, um we spent probably we sat there for like maybe two and a half hours. Like people were just really into it. It was fantastic. Um but since since we did that, I've been seeing all sorts of things like this, like online honey tasting you can do online gin tastings and online cheese and wine and it's such mm. a great platform it works it's awesome it works really well that is that is going to be one of the major highlights of this 
Um, well, I think them. so because you know, you know, what's really cool is that we've got so for the states that we can post honey to, mm-hmm. we've got three honeys. So we've we're going everyone who's involved in this honey tasting. We are all going to be sampling the same honey at the same time from all around Australia. How cool is that? Brilliant. Like I just love that. Like how how what a connector, you know? So we've only got 250 of these kits available for sale. So um, we do have a plan B for when those kits sell out. So people who have missed out on their actual honey kits will still be able to participate um, with the honey tasting. We will just provide them with a kit um educating them on how they have to uh, prepare themselves for their own honey tasting okay mm-hmm. so they'll still have the experience so we are really 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 looking forward to that and Jess is a fantastic presenter she's such a passionate sommelier honey sommelier and she's so knowledgeable she's, so we are made really it easy and fun and um yep really engaging and um yeah it was it was a terrific experience so i would highly yep. recommend that yeah we are really looking forward to that so yeah um i heard the feedback i had from your club you know it was so positive and these are the sorts of things we can do kathy you know what i'm saying like just right. stand in melbourne she just it was just a it was virtual like it's phenomenal like this is not rocket science it's easy and why aren't we doing it you know, well, um, some of us are. You know, we have a crack. <laughs> I have a go. Have a you double. Know, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's I, I, like, would, I, I would say like that's a good example. You know, we can encourage other clubs, other small regional clubs, or groups where beekeepers are um, in a in a region where they're kind of further dispersed and it's harder to get together. You know, have a look at having an online meeting, having a Zoom meeting, have a Google Meetup, or. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not that hard and you know pretty much everyone's got a mobile phone or a device or an ipad or a laptop and that the technology's it's pretty self-explanatory for the most once part. you get the hang of it once you get the hang of it you know it's it is pretty straightforward isn't it kate how can people get involved in the conference how can we attend where do we get tickets Okay, great question, Kathy. It would be helpful, wouldn't it, to let people know how to get involved with this conference? So we have a um, a Facebook group. It's the um, Australian Virtual Hobby Beekeepers Conference. There's a Facebook group. There's a Facebook page. We have an Instagram account. We have a LinkedIn account. And anybody can buy their ticket through Eventbrite. So if, you, if you're not on one of those social media platforms, uh, it doesn't matter. You can go straight to Eventbrite directly, eventbrite.com, and you just key in Australian Virtual Hobby Beekeepers and it will come up there. So tickets are $50, which is amazing value for a, a four-and-a-half-hour conference. You're getting top-shelf quality presenters. We have experts who are going to be teaching you um it's so much about beekeeping and also there's one other one Kathy I'm, I wanted to touch on another presenter which I'm really excited to have on board mm-hmm. and that's um Hive Haven up in Queensland and Anne and Jeff and they're going to be talking to us about uh, native bees oh yeah and they've got that um that design that new design for the stingless beehive Yes, and we're segueing on from Cormac Farrell last year talking about he's the beekeeper for Parliament House Bees and he also looks after the native bees there. So that's how we've we've segued in to speaking to Hivehaven is because of their relationship with Parliament House. Awesome, awesome. So you're really at the forefront. You're at the bleeding edge of new technology and design and beekeeping there. So, yeah, this, these are all the draw cards. Don't miss out. Get your tickets online. At and don't, spot. really don't. It's such a great day. And you know, Kathy, you don't have to be sitting down in front of your computer um, all day. Well, it's not all day. For four and a half hours, We there was one lady who I spoke with and she had um, her earpods in our earbuds in and she was outside working on her property 
mm-hmm. why she listened to the conference. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be tied down doing this. Well, you know, you know? That's, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be listening to it with the um, phone in my pocket and the ear, the earpiece in because um, I'll be at the QBA field day the same day. <laughs> oh, okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, you know, multitasking. So multitasking. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's about. Yes. And it's about doing what you love, Kathy. All right, Kate. So what's next? We've got we've got the AWIB organization there online. You've got your online presence, the conference. What's next, Kate? What's in your sight? <laughs> well, Kathy, we have just very, very recently um, incorporated Australian women in beekeeping. Um, because the time came for us to formalise um, and become an entity. So we have registered as the Australian Women in Beekeeping Club, Inc. And thank you. And watch this space. Watch this space because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to get up to in that, in that um, club. You'll just have to uh, wait and see and join and see what I get up to. But it's not, it's not your average uh, bee club. Um, and it's a, it's a full virtual platform that we'll be operating on. So, and the conference is connected to that um, entity and all our future projects will connect to that entity. So it's just about, yeah, it was time to formalise. It was time for Australian Women in Beekeeping to grow up. This is the new way. This is the new way that we start to engage with each other um, and it's not, it's not in the future. It's here and it's now. Well, Kate, thank you so much. It's been a, a, a good chat today. Um, we've covered a lot of ground and I can see that there's there's still a lot of fertility in the soil and there's still a lot more that will be growing out of the AWIB. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm along for the ride. I'm enjoying every minute of it. And it's been just an absolute pleasure. So let me thank you formally for our interview on SheBeak and, um, yeah, go forth, continue, carry on. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Kathy. Thank you for having me, Joe. It's been an absolute privilege. You've been listening to SheBeak, a podcast for and about women in Australian beekeeping. Find us on Instagram, that's she underscore beak, S-H-E underscore B-E-E-K, and on Facebook, SheBeak. Thanks for listening.